you please open your Bibles with me to Mark chapter number 10. Mark 10, we're going to be reading uh, beginning with verse number 46. This is the last healing miracle in the Gospel of Mark and the next to last in the ministry of Jesus as a whole. Matthew records one more burst of healings when Jesus enters the temple during Passover week. But Mark closes the healing ministry of Jesus with the account of blind Bartimaeus. Mark chapter 10, verse number 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling you. And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up. And came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. Our Lord, we ask that your spirit would come now and take your word and use it to transform our lives. Lord, we are the blind beggar this morning, not Bartimaeus. Restore our sight so that we might see you for who you are. In your son's name we ask. Amen. If the Bible was still being used in school, English teachers might use Mark chapter 10 as a compare and contrast assignment. You ever had to do one of those in school? Compare and contrast? Well, that's what Mark 10 is. It is a chapter of contrast. Consider who we've seen so far. We've seen powerless children brought to Jesus. Then a rich young man who came in his own strength and in his own sufficiency. Then two ambitious disciples who sought prominence in the kingdom of heaven, in the kingdom of Christ. And now we see a blind and helpless beggar. Do you see the pattern? Do you see it here in Mark 10? The contrast between weakness 
and those who come in their own strength. The contrast between powerlessness and the pursuit of power, between neediness and self-sufficiency, between self-righteousness and true righteousness in Christ. Friends, these are stamped all over this chapter. And it is no coincidence that Mark closes the middle portion of his gospel with the healing of a blind man. Because blindness, spiritual blindness, and spiritual, true spiritual sight has been the thread weaving in and out of these narratives that began in chapter 8 with the healing of what? A blind man at Bethsaida. And now concludes with the healing of a blind man at Jericho. So what is Mark doing? What is he... What is his point? Why is he shaping his gospel the way that he is? Friends, he's showing us that we, that his readers in the first century and beyond that, us today... We are the hopeless and helpless blind sinners who need the touch of divine grace to be able to see Jesus for who He is and to confess Him as Lord. In the account of blind Bartimaeus, in this account, he shows us that if we reach out to Jesus... With desperate faith, He will respond to our need with mercy and grace. And so with that sort of main thought in mind, I want us to look at this passage with just two headings this morning. The first is that Jesus takes time for the needy. He takes time for the needy. Verse 46, They came to Jericho and... As he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bar Timaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. So Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He's going there for Passover. He's going there to be crucified. He has just a matter of days left. Friends, I want to impress upon us where we're at in his life. There are days left for Christ. Everything in Mark going forward. Last week of his life. But on the way to Jerusalem, he goes through the city of Jericho with his disciples, and Mark says that a great crowd was with him. This crowd was most likely also on their way to Jerusalem for Passover. They were pilgrims going to Jerusalem. And this large crowd would have drawn attention moving through Jericho. And a blind beggar that Mark identifies as Bar Timaeus or the son of Timaeus, he was sitting on the side of the road. Now, it was common for beggars to sit along the side of the roadside, or the side of the road, hoping for the charity of travelers and passers-by. We read the account this morning in Acts 
3, the man sitting at the, the gate hoping for alms. That's what Bartimaeus was doing here in Jericho. But this crowd wasn't just any ordinary crowd going to pass over for Jerusalem. Verse 47 says, And when he, Bartimaeus, heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth. Now what does that tell you? That Bartimaeus had already heard about Jesus. He knew what he, he, knew what he could do. He knew who he was. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth that was passing by, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now for the second time, friends, in Mark 10, we see people who need Jesus being hindered from reaching Him. It was the children in verse 13 that, that the disciples rebuked. And Jesus said, do not hinder them. And now it is a blind beggar in verse 48 whom a crowd rebuked. This crowd, no doubt, friends, read on ahead in Mark. This is the same crowd that will follow Christ into Jerusalem, shouting, Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. This crowd was caught up in the excitement of walking with Jesus of Nazareth to Passover. And they had no time for a blind beggar on the side of the road. Oh, but Jesus had time for me. Look at verse 49. And Jesus stopped. Friends, do you feel the significance of that? And Jesus stopped. This pitiful man at the bottom of the socio-economic ladder that no one else would give the time of day. This man arrested the attention of the Son of God. Jesus stopped and said, Call him. He's like, Wait a minute. I have time for this man. Bring him to me. It's not the first time Jesus has said those words in the Gospel of Mark. Bring him to me. Call him. Verse 49 goes on. And they called the blind man, saying to him, Take heart, get up, he is calling for you. Isn't it amazing how quickly the crowd changed their tune here? I found that religious people are often like that. Even well-meaning people are like that. They went from be silent to take heart. He is calling for you. So they went 
in an instant from being a discouragement to an encouragement. And friends, I want to tell you this morning, you may feel as if Jesus is passing by and you cannot get to Him. You may feel like you cannot get the attention of Jesus. You ever felt like that? You may think that He cannot hear your cry for mercy among millions and billions of other cries out, other voices going out for help. There may be people in your life telling you to be silent too. Just stop. There's no need to pray anymore. There may be people in your life who don't have time for you. But friends, I have good news for you this morning. Jesus is passing by. And He's looking at each one of us We need to take heart because He's calling for us. We have arrested His attention. He has time for us. He is not burdened or annoyed by our needs. You know, sometimes when I'm in, sometimes when I'm in the middle of something, you know, usually just kind of staring at my phone, what that blank stare we all have if you're, you know, into phones. One of my children, they'll come up to me and they'll ask for my help or Evelyn, she'll want me to come see something she's done, you know. They want to ask me a question. And of course, with kids, it's always an emergency. You have to come right then. And sometimes in my fallen, sinful temperament, I'll get frustrated and say, you know, just just wait a minute. Just wait. But not Jesus, friends. He does not respond in frustration to our cries for help. Psalm 34, 15 The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and His ears are toward their cry. Take heart today, my friends, at Park Bible Baptist Church. Jesus has time for you. Secondly, in our text... This passage, we see that Jesus responds to authentic faith. He responds, so, so He has time for our needs. And then secondly, He responds to authentic faith. You know, this passage, these, what, seven verses, I guess, I don't, I don't know, nine, whatever they are. It says a lot about the faith of this beggar, this blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, Bartimaeus. And it shows us the kind of faith that the Lord Jesus is eager to stop and respond to. First off, Bartimaeus came to Jesus with 
childlike faith. That's what he's looking for, right? Of such are the kingdom of God, he told his disciples in the opening verses of this chapter. Bartimaeus calls Jesus the son of David. Verse 47, when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Son of David is an, it is an overtly messianic title. And Bartimaeus, friends, don't let this slip past you this morning. This blind beggar on the side of the road in Jericho. In his blindness, he had the vision to see what very few could see. Including the religious leaders of his day. That Jesus of Nazareth was, in fact, the promised Messiah. The Davidic king who would sit on the throne of David. This is messianic. All of this is messianic. Chapter 11, messianic. A king is coming. The son of David, the savior, the prophets foretold. And you know what? He didn't, Bartimaeus didn't probe and test Jesus with all the questions that the Pharisees and the scribes did. He didn't look on him with skepticism like they did. He just believed with faith like a child. He certainly didn't have the theological training of the scribes and Pharisees. But he had the kind of faith that stopped the Son of God dead in his tracks. Friends, do we have that kind of faith this morning? It was childlike. Secondly, he had a persistent faith. Verse 48, And many rebuked him, telling him to be silent. They wanted Bartimaeus to shut up. But he cried out, what's the next three words? All the more. Son of David, have mercy on me. You see, he did not let the dismissive attitude of the crowd discourage him. In fact, he got louder and continued to cry out for help. Friends, it doesn't take much to discourage us today, does it? But here in Bartimaeus, we see the kind of persistent faith that keeps pressing in, even when it looks like no one cares and God isn't listening. Do we have that kind of faith? Thirdly, he had a contrite faith. His cry was what? Have mercy on me. Have mercy on me. He wasn't like the rich young ruler who came to Jesus confident in all His goodness. He said, Lord, I've kept all these commandments from my youth. No, He wasn't like that. 
He wasn't like James and John who came to Jesus in their sinful ambition and wanted a position of prominence in the kingdom. No, Bartimaeus just wanted mercy. I wonder, do we have that kind of faith today, friends? Or do we approach Christ like He owes us something? Jesus owes us nothing. The very breath in our lungs, the very light in our eyes at this millisecond is because of His sheer mercy. And yet we presume upon the future like it's a certainty. A plea for mercy presupposes what? It presupposes our sinfulness, doesn't it? King David, in Psalm 51, since we're talking about Jesus being the son of David, David said, Have mercy on me, O God. That's Psalm 50. That's how it starts. Have mercy on me, O God. According to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from my iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. Mercy is the great reliever of sin. And Bartimaeus didn't come to Jesus specifically mentioning all his sin. But he knew that he did not deserve even the attention of the Lord Jesus, much less his healing touch. And friends, we must approach Christ the same way today. With this kind of contrite faith, we are not worthy. I don't care what the, the TED Talks tell you on YouTube. I don't care what the television evangelists tell you on television or what the life coaches, the motivational speakers tell us. We are not worthy. What we deserve, we do not get because of Christ's mercy. 19th century hymn writer Fanny Crosby, we sing her hymns all the time here at church. Fanny Crosby said this in her hymn, she wrote this, Pass Me Not, in, in her hymn. Second stanza of Pass Me Not. Let me at thy throne of mercy find a sweet relief. Kneeling there in deep contrition, help my unbelief. Savior, Savior, hear my humble cry while on others thou art calling. You know the rest of it. Do not pass me by. Friends, are you crying out to Jesus like that this morning? Kneeling at your throne in contrition, 
pleading only your mercy. There is no merit of goodness in us any more than there was anything deserving of blind Bartimaeus to get the attention of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do not pass me by. That's the cry of someone looking for mercy. Fourthly, Bartimaeus had a responsive faith. It was responsive. Verse 50 says, And throwing off his cloak, he sprang up and came to Jesus. So Jesus called and Bartimaeus responded. And he responded eagerly. Charles Spurgeon, in, in, uh, in a sermon titled, Blind Beggar in 1859, on this very text, Spurgeon said this. Let's let, let's let Spurgeon preach a little bit, can we? He said, the master had but to speak, but to stand still and command him to be called, and he comes. No pressure is needed. Peter need not pull him by one arm and John by the other. No, he leaps forward and is glad to come. And now, my dear hearers, how many of you have been called under the sound of ministry and you have not come? Why is it? Did you think that Christ did not mean it when He said, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest? Why is it that you still keep on at your labors and are still heavy laden? Why do you not come? Oh, come, leap to Him who calls you. I pray you cast away the raiment of your worldliness, the garment of your sin. Cast away the robe of your self-righteousness and come, come away. Not only did Bartimaeus eagerly come to Christ, but he eagerly followed Christ. Look at the end of verse 52. Immediately he recovered his sight and what? Followed him on the way. Bartimaeus got in on the tail end of Jesus' life, but it was enough to grip him, and he followed Christ. Friends, I wonder is this how we respond to the gracious call of Christ as he passes by this morning? Too often, I think not. I think we are quick to cry out for help, but slow to press through the discouragements and the distractions to get to Christ like Bartimaeus did. And we are definitely slow to follow in discipleship. Friends, we need a responsive faith. You see, Bartimaeus here is showing us what authentic faith looks like, the kind of faith that causes Jesus to respond to us. It is childlike. It is persistent. It is responsive. It is contrite. 
Is that the kind of faith that we have this morning? I want us to look finally at verse number 51. I saved it for last. Verse 51, we kind of went out of order. I saved verse 51 for the end because, you know, I couldn't help but notice that this is the exact same question that Jesus asked James and John last week in verse 35 when they said, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. You remember that? And that's quite a remarkable statement to begin with. And then Jesus asked them in verse 36, What do you want me to do for you, James and John? And now he's asking Bartimaeus in verse 51, What do you want me to do for you? It's the same question. James and John wanted greatness. Bartimaeus just wanted mercy. He just wanted to see again. Verse 51, Jesus said to him, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, your version may say Rabboni, Rabboni, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said, Go your way, Bartimaeus. Your faith has made you well. Same question. Two radically different responses, isn't it? The ultimate lesson in contrast, right here before us, Mark 10. You see, Jesus does not have anything to offer those who come to Him in their own sufficiency, in their own goodness, in their own ambition. He's got nothing for us. But if we come to Him with empty hands and open, broken, contrite hearts, friends, pleading for mercy, Jesus has everything for us. He is everything for us. He called blind Bartimaeus to Himself. Friend, is He calling you this morning? Maybe online. Maybe you're hearing this five, ten years from now. I don't know. Is He calling you? If I may, I want to continue that quote from Spurgeon earlier and close with it. Spurgeon says, Come, you that have no hope. Come, you that have no righteousness. Come, you outcast, you despondent, you distressed, you lost, you ruined. Come, come today, whoever will. In your ears today does mercy cry, arise, take heart, he calls you. Oh, Savior, call them effectually. Call now, let the Spirit speak. O Spirit of the living God, bid the poor prisoner come and let him leap to lose his chains. We're going to pray and sing. If God is dealing with you this morning,
or whenever you're watching or hearing this, I pray that you leap up like this blind beggar and run to Christ in repentance and faith. Plead His perfect life for your condemned soul. His perfect righteousness for your infinite sin. Because friends, right now, this morning, at this very instant, we are the blind beggars crying out, Have mercy on me. Let's pray.